drink some rosé If that's what you wanna do It's okay We can drink some Merlot Whatever we want On our juice box show Welcome to Juicebox from Paris. Juicebox à Paris. Um, yeah, we are in Paris right now drinking a French wine, and we thought, hey, we should record an episode while we're here. Yeah, a fun, <laughs> a fun treat. Juicebox across the pond. Also, incidentally, the first episode we've ever recorded in person. It's which not is, over Zoom. Which is hilarious because... All of our other episodes were recorded in the same city. <laughs> we just didn't go to each other's houses. Yeah. But and now we're in Paris, and we have decided to record in person in Paris. <laughs> yeah. And we have a great audio setup where hopefully the sound will be great. But if you hear a little bit of one of our voices cutting in on another track, just please... Please forgive us. Ignore it. Yeah, or if you hear a, a charming uh, French siren or a dog. There's a dog at my feet. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the dog will bark or something. Um, what you're getting is really the the most authentic juice box experience. Um, yeah. Because y'all, we're on the road. <laughs> yeah. We've <laughs> taken this on the road. We're doing live shows in every major city in the world. Yeah. And if you want to if you want to catch a glimpse of our Ersatz recording studio, you can definitely check it out on our IG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very professional. Um, um yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's a lot there's a lot to catch up on. A lot has changed since the last time we recorded, which was like February. So, Camp, what have you been up to? Um, I've been doing a lot of chilling, a lot of working at the same time. Um, essentially, my work has been chill because I moved uh, to Paris in April to try to open a restaurant. And guess what? It's been really, really hard to open the restaurant. Um, which everyone told me was going to happen, and it happened. So what that means is uh, I've been here for like six or seven months without a regular job. But sometimes like some, like I'll, I'll have a meeting or something with a bank. Like my, Our owner will like meet with a bank about a, a loan, and then we'll have to meet with them and talk about it. And uh, like... Basically, what I'm saying is sometimes I'll have a week of crazy long days and insane work, and then I'll have like a month of nothing. Yeah. Um, but I might be selling myself short because when I say a month of nothing, I do mean a month of like meeting winemakers, mm -hmm. tasting wine, going to wine bars, absorbing, yeah. learning, growing, networking. Um, it's not nothing. It just feels like uh, it's hard to call it work. Mm -hmm. uh, even though it really is, but yeah, you're not like, you're not serving wine to people in a restaurant yet, but you're laying the groundwork for it. Right, 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 right. Trying to show some face in, in the city so that we don't, uh, you know, 
just kind of arrive and and uh, mm-hmm. be these abrasive Americans who, right. who uh, steal the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, without paying their dues. Yeah, you're um, paying your dues right now. Yeah, we're gonna steal the show, but everybody's gonna be okay with it because we have hung out here and gotten yeah. to know them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're a real celebrity here. At uh, many of the Cobbs, everybody they they just love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kathleen. Um, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Um, but anyway. Enough about me. <laughs> what are you doing over here, à Paris? Well, um, about uh, it's been almost two months now, but William and I both quit our jobs to travel, and so we have now been in Paris for a month. It was one of our first stops on our trip, so we've just been living in Belleville, and we've been also soaking up the city but we're leaving in three days to go to germany where we will be working on a vineyard which i'm super excited about and i know we'll be posting about on juice box um harvest and stuff like that but just been (laughs) fulfilling one of my lifelong dreams of full-time travel yeah uh what a ride it's been yeah so nice to have you here yeah, it's um, been really fun. Yeah, I I love getting to catch up with like yeah. English speakers and just yeah. kind of relax and and bask in the my first language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been fun to like just kind of be hanging out here. We're talking about this how Paris is obviously an amazing place to come for any amount of time. But the nice thing about being here for 5 weeks is that it has allowed us to kind of just marinate and be able to hang out with you fairly often but it's not like hey we're only here for two days let's do every single thing in paris right um yeah so yeah yeah it's chill you can spread out the good times yeah (laughs) um also if you guys hear this crazy (laughs) horrible noise it's uh they do they uh in paris there's no glass recycling in in like your building so you have to recycle it at these giant things on the street and every day they come around and empty them like the same <laughs> way that sounds like yeah, what you'd expect like the same way that the, uh we, we like trash trucks will empty a dumpster you know mm-hmm. like the way we know and love where they yeah. dunk that thing <laughs> uh in their bucket they do that but it's just all glass bottles so mm-hmm. it's like the loudest noise it's one of the loudest noises I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, Aside from the sirens. Yeah. No, Which, I think it's louder. Louder? Yeah. Because, like... I guess yeah. depending on where you are. Yeah. That was the dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, they... Because uh, they, they... They come... I, I can... I, the sirens don't really, like, wake me up or anything. Yeah. Or, or whatever, because my windows. But the uh, the glass stuff just pierces yeah. through yeah it is piercing anyway may- maybe we'll edit this out <laughs> maybe we won't no edits that's, no, yeah yeah no edits this is the raw uh the raw juice box experience yeah no time to edit when you're juice, on the road juice box live um except you'll be listening to this at a later date yeah um well let's get into this amazing 
wine we have. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, um, have we ever done one mock? of these? Yeah. No, no, no. We we haven't. Okay. Um, but that is one thing we wanted to do because probably if you're listening to this, most of you guys are in the U.S. We wanted to choose a winemaker that you can get in the U.S. and I have not seen this particular wine, but I've seen one of my favorite sparkling wines is by this producer. Um, it is the Moss family, M-O-S-S-E. And um, this is a Chenin Blanc, which I'm saying in the English way because <laughs> I can't pronounce it in the French way. As a courtesy for, for those of our listeners <laughs> who do speak English uh, as a first language. Right. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I wanted to make sure that this was not to speak too much of my good, good French on this. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it's a 2018. Um, it is from 1.6 hectares of, um, of land. Um, it, one interesting thing that we talked about actually at lunch, because we, ha- we had one of this guy's wines at lunch, is that they have declassified all of their wines to Vin de de France, which um, technically, like, a lot of their wines could be other, like, sort of, other, like, um, what's it called, Appalachians? Yeah. Um, Anyway, but yeah, um, what do you you think of this wine so far? Uh, I'm, I think it's, like, really fantastic. Um, Yeah. It's, it's has acidity for sure like it's not like laying flat but it's also unbelievably like rich and round and Mm -hmm. uh like stone fruity and like i don't some white wines you drink them and you're like oh this tastes like lemon yeah you know um this is like not one of those for me it's very like peach but but even like i'm thinking like overripe peach or even like a melt like some sort of like melon well, and also like I not to be too on the nose with like this. So this was aged in in oak barrels. Mm-hmm. However, they do like to use old barrels so that it's not going to impart too much right. oak. But I I mean I said this kind of as a joke because we're in Paris. But seriously, when I smell it and even a little bit when I taste it, it it reminds me of a croissant, croissant as croissant. we say here. Uh, but very very buttery, but not in the way we would maybe think of it in the United States with um, an oaky Chardonnay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's got, yeah, it's got all those stone fruit coming through as well. It's really, it, yeah, it's got a lot going on. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. It's also, um, we know that Squeako is going to ask this question, so I'll say it early on. This is, as I mentioned, a Chenin Blanc. It is 14% ABV. Um, which is to me quite high for it being a natural wine and for being a white wine. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the 14%, uh, as I think we've talked about on this podcast before, could be a lie. Oh, right. Uh, although it says like drink, it's drinking pretty big. So I mm-hmm. wouldn't, like if someone told me I it guess... actually was 14, like I might yeah. believe them, but uh, it is possible that it's like uh, they they just put that on the label for other purposes, yeah. like importing or exporting purposes. Which um, 
I didn't really realize that was a thing, but we had a wine at a plug for Supra. Anybody who ever comes to Paris, go there and drink Georgian wines. But we were talking to the person there, and he was like, oh, it says 11%, but it's actually like a 10% wine. Yeah. Um. So that's weird, but... Yeah, I don't... I'm not like super well-versed on why exactly mm-hmm. that happens. Um, I think it's, but I think it's almost all like legal stuff or maybe like tax or yeah. um, technical, like maybe if you go under a certain amount, then maybe it's considered a different kind of wine or something or uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, this one, anyway, this one, it is drinking like pretty, pretty big, but it's not yeah. like... Uh, not in like an out of balance way. Yeah, no, really no, nice. no. It's like it's it's so rich that it feels yeah like every everything's hitting very high marks across the yeah, board. Yeah, it's it's harmoniously uh, yeah big. Um, but going back to what you were saying about the oak, mm-hmm. we've also talked before. I don't remember like any of our old episodes, honestly, <laughs> but. <laughs> But um, uh, we've talked about like used or old oak before, mm-hmm. and that being really just used to impart like texture and feel, and like maybe some flavor that's very uh, like thank you, um, very like almost imperceptible flavor, but you, but you it comes across as just being like rich and full and structured and, and like deep um, kind of like the glue that brings everything together yeah. sort of. Um, so yeah, with, with like uh, with the new Oak, like California uh, wine, the California Chardonnays and stuff that tastes like vanilla and coconut and stuff. Yeah. That's, it doesn't have that. It just no, has like yeah. the, the richness and the, uh, Harmony, I guess, or com- mm. there's a word that I'm dancing around, composition or whatever. Synergy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> synergy, the synergy of the oak. Um. Anyway, yeah, I think it's like I taste something different every time I take a sip, but it's yeah. all in that like stone fruity or like yeah. tropical fruity, like guava sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's all like really wild. Yeah. Uh, very, very fruit forward. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, reading just like for on so the importer for this wine in the U.S. is Louis Dressner. I don't know if that's the right Louis, Louis Dressner. Yeah, Louis. Um, so they've got a lot on their website about this family, and and it's really it's not just Renee. It's like he and his wife, and now actually both of his sons are mostly like technically Renee is retired, but um, it's actually his sons who are mostly doing it. But uh, one of the one of the things I found somewhere was like I think the and and you mentioned this earlier too the the declassification to Vin de France or VDF is what it's called for short is like it allows them to kind of do more unusual things with the wines if they want um, and I think that that really shows in a lot of their wines because. I had um <laughs> I had a wine that I'd heard about um but h- had never been able to get in Nashville called Magic of Juju 
um, we got it like the first week we were here. Um, and of course it was like half the price it would have been in the United States, but it was another white wine and it was super zippy, lots of like great tropical notes. And then the other, like I've had the Cabernet Franc of, of theirs, as well as the sparkling, which our Nashville listeners should look out for next time Woodland Wine Merchant gets it, but it's called Musa, Musa Musets. It's like a play on the family name, um, but it's a sparkling rosé pet net. Yeah. Anyway, I'm what I'm saying is what we're tasting, the like the amazing things that we're tasting in this glass, it's not like a one-off for this producer. It is reliably like that as yeah. well. Yeah, and like one thing I love about this producer is it's always a safe bet. Like it, I mean, you just said it's reliable, but I, but like, um, it's not reliable in the sense of like, oh, you're always going to get something interesting. It's reliable mm-hmm. even more than that to where like you're always going to get something good, like something yeah. balanced, yeah. something elegant and interesting. Like right. it has the the wines aren't like funky. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely not orthodox. You know right, what I mean? Right, like right. They, they drink clean um, and they drink like they're very direct. Like they, they present flavors directly. They're not like cloudy. And mm-hmm. um, again, I'm dancing around a word, but like when, when flavors are kind of like masked by an overarching yeah. like uh, flaw or something, or like, like some, some natural wines are so, have like so much breadth or barnyard yeah, yeah. that we've talked about before. That's like, you know, there can be all kinds of like nuance and really cool flavors underneath that. But really when you're drinking it, that's the you're just, thing you yeah, taste. You, yeah. All you, all you taste and smell is that, um, these wines are not that way to me. They're always very, um, they're like reliably good. They're yeah. not, they're not just like, you don't drink them because they're weird or because they're wild, mm-hmm. um, or because they're, offering like a new experience you drink them because like they're good wine and like you can drink it together with people and talk about it and you can drink it with food or you can drink it like on a picnic it's very like uh versatile Mm -hmm. um kind of just like plug and play wine that doesn't disappoint yeah um yeah and this one's no different it's like very um this one to me is playful and Mm -hmm fun but also like super serious like i think you could age this for years and like yeah uh, Yeah. it's it's like definitely playing in the big leagues but also it's it's like doesn't take itself too seriously yeah it's not uh it's not trying to be anything it just is yeah um and i think you can say that about a lot of this producer's wines um always a safe bet yeah, and we'll, by the time you're listening to this, we will have posted the wine. Mm-hmm. The labels are very recognizable. So you'll just, all I can say is when you're in a wine shop, just if you see that label, that'll definitely be a safe bet. And hopefully, I mean, I don't, I feel like maybe this wine in particular doesn't go to the U.S. I'm not sure. Um, uh, but I think, it, I think it does. I don't know if it goes to Nashville. Tennessee, yeah. But I feel like I've, I think I've had this wine before. Oh, okay. But uh, I just realized that, and I don't remember where. Yeah. But I, when I read the name, um, which by the way is Le, Le Rouge Fer, um, for our English speakers, that's 
Lay Rauchefer. <laughs> um, and it's 2018. Um, but yeah, I mean, these, these wines, this producer is around for sure in the U.S. We got a yeah. lot of it oh, in yeah, Nashville, yeah. but. I've had their wines in Nashville, Charleston, and maybe seen at other places. Well, it's definitely available in California. Yeah, definitely California, definitely New York. Um, probably like anywhere decent natural wine is found, you can find something from yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but like different cuvées are released to different places each year. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe like Nashville will get it next year or or got it last year or whatever. Um, but it's around. Um, so anyway, La Rouge Fait. 2018 for um, those interested also we didn't mention this but uh moss is in the loire mm-hmm. which i looked up on the map yesterday five hour drive from paris mm-hmm. should we hop should we hop in the car and do a yeah. juice box live <laughs> yeah at chez moss yeah we should they close at 5 30 well well it's 604 but... <laughs> so next time guys yeah <laughs> If we hop in the car now, we could be there when they open at 8 a.m. Parfait. <laughs> um, um, now, here's a hard-hitting question that uh-oh. I would be remiss if I didn't ask. But what would you pair this – what foods would you pair this wine with? That is – this is an interesting one. Because I'm not really like, hang on, let me taste again. <laughs> Usually like, um, something will jump out at me, like some sort of savor, like a mm-hmm. roasted chicken or, um, pan fried fish or steak or something um will jump out at me but this wine is like so so fruity yeah that i i almost like i'm like okay what 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 do you pair a mango with yeah because this just tastes like a mango yeah um so i don't know i mean i guess like i think it would be really nice with um something creamy yeah, I like, was gonna say like like a burrata with with like uh, tomatoes and mm-hmm. some herbs or or even like fruit like if you had like some mm-hmm. some sort of like cheese um, ricotta with with mango or or something yeah. like that just something to like kind of I think that you don't want to this is a wine that's like it's packing such a big punch mm-hmm. um, that it. Uh, you 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 just want to you just want to like something that, that that will play along with it. You know what I mean. Um, and also, just just to note, we are we're drinking this like, um, not warm. Yeah. But um, much warmer than most whites. Right. Uh, which I think it's the temp that we're drinking that might be like a little too warm. Yeah. But. It's certainly like it's not a, a white that you would want to drink very cold because uh, it's like so expressive and there's so much yeah powerful fruit um, and like this mango that I'm tasting so distinctly probably mm-hmm. wouldn't 
be there if it if was, it was cool. if it was like straight out of the fridge it would probably just taste like citrus mm-hmm. this wine has gone on a journey today since 11 30 this morning it yeah. came out of the fridge into my bag sat at a restaurant for three hours went into various fridges and arrived here yeah and so I, I don't feel like it's too hot though and normally no i normally i am i'm very i i want my wine to be pretty cold um but this is feeling good for what it is yeah i agree i um, uh i would also say for the food pairing this is very different than what you said but i keep thinking of like like different fried foods oh okay so like um william camp and i had a traditional three-hour french lunch today and it was great but there was um we i had sweet breads for the very first time which Mm. isn't sweet has nothing to do with bread i won't get into the specifics but it is a (laughs) beef product and uh it but it tasted and looked a little bit like fried chicken but there was like that with these caramelized onions and the sauce that was super super heavy and i really think this would pair well with that even though it would both are like huge flavor powerhouses combining i think i would actually enjoy it with that um but then yeah i i think it could it can do it could do a bunch of different things too like it could just be good with like a light cheese like you said yeah um, but it's hard for me. Like, I, I also think it would be incredible with really spicy food mm-hmm. because it is so juicy and that helps a lot. I think anything sweet helps out with spice. Yeah. So maybe I'm just missing Hattie B's, but yeah. I think it would be, I think it would pair well with something kind of spicy. Yeah. I think, uh, when, as you were talking, I also thought of, um, I think it would be great with like a like a jerk chicken, like a Jamaican. Oh yeah. Yeah, like something yeah. with like a lot of like that dried spice, mm-hmm. like not not the like slap you in the face chilies kind yeah. of spice, but more like a uh, dried like smokier but yeah. still like peppery spicy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. And yeah. that stuff is often served with like cooling fruits and yeah, like tropical stuff totally. too. So it, I think honestly, this is like a very weird pairing to say but like <laughs> jamaican food yeah yeah with this would be fantastic right. i think which is so fun uh, uh yeah that makes me i haven't had jamaican food in years yeah. and i think it would be really fun to do like a jamaican wine dinner mm-hmm. because it's like so random yeah because you just, i don't know i just you always just drink like rum mm-hmm. <laughs> um that would be super cool yeah let's call renee moss yeah. and we've got an idea yeah Oh, I'm I'm brainstorming about retirement. just like unorthodox pairings, like yeah. doing like a whole dinner series of like Jamaican and wine, or just places that don't places that don't have like wine as a huge part of their yeah their culture, right? Uh, and and pair wines with those those foods. It would just be like I think it would be a lot of work on the psalm, mm-hmm. um, but I think it would be a, like a cool a really cool yeah. series. Yeah, I agree, because, like, there are so, like, wine is such a vast and varied thing. In the U.S., 
we think of like a handful of grapes normally. Yeah. But there are thousands. Yeah. Um, not to harp too much on this one place in Paris, but I can't help but think about Supra. Um, and they're, they, they, he told me they have like that Georgia has 500 varietals of grapes. Yeah. And it's just like stuff like that we, of course, have not heard of and wouldn't know the names of in the U.S. Yeah. Um, so you add like the component of grape variety, but then also the way that you treat the grape as you're making it, it just opens up so many things beyond the food of that region. Like you can, um, sorry, my computer just, William's computer just did something weird. Is it still recording? It's still recording. Okay, cool. Anyway, I agree with you. I think that having these pairings with foods from regions that aren't known for wine is is such a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. And and like I mean jumping off of what you said, there are so many like such like such a variety of grapes that n- no one's ever heard of and and especially like uh I mean even like some of them are just so some of them are are being like exported to different countries, but we're never getting them in the U S or they're not getting any attention in the U S. Um, or like, I don't feel like I'm getting off on a tangent here, but it would also be cool to show like have dinners or, or like meetings where you only showcase wines that you think no one has ever had. Yeah. Cause there's so many, like there's Hungary, which has wines that I'm like, I don't, I don't never heard of this grape. And yeah, it tastes crazy. Yeah, um, and Georgia for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. Georgia has like been making wine since the beginning of time, and I feel like it's uh, like it's almost not even discovered by the non-wine community yet. Mm-hmm. Like wine yeah. people, of course, know about Georgian wines and stuff, but uh, you, I, I mean, you, I've had wines from Georgia that taste just like mezcal and like wines that taste like clay like yeah. and not in like a subtle way like every, right. I mean everyone's psalms are always like oh it tastes like this tastes like clay and uh fish scales not fish but the scales <laughs> um but I but they're like they have wines that are really like flavors that you 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 wouldn't believe that it's wine yeah um and they've always been there. They've yeah. been there for thousands and thousands of years, and they've been just making them and drinking them. Yeah. And yeah, it would be cool uh, if those were out there. Maybe with our massive <laughs> following, uh, people will start to pay attention after yeah. this pod drops. Yeah, maybe after this podcast is released, it will change the course of wine forever. Yeah. Supra <laughs> will be, there will be a line up the block to get into yeah. Supra, which there should be. Honestly. There should be. And also like, I've already been, I've been thinking about, and you probably have too, just like the places here that are like, just incredible. And that you want and everyone, you know, who visits Paris to come to. And Supra is at the top of my list because it's just wines that taste unlike any other wine I've ever had before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah. Yeah. I think like, a, I mean, a, a part of the beauty of Paris too is like, you can also drink French wine here. Yeah. That tastes like nothing you've ever had before. Yeah. Like and the, <sighs> the stuff that's getting exported is right. delicious and awesome. Right. But like, if you, if you want to have like a crazy drinking experience, yeah. you're going to have to pay a yeah. ton in yeah. the U.S. to drink some of these wines. And here it's just like everyday stuff that's like maybe mm-hmm. 20 bucks a bottle and it's mm-hmm. like blowing yeah. your mind as an American. That So that has been one of my favorite things here aside from I guess I like ba- baguettes uh, <laughs> because in the U.S. I thought baguettes were just like hard, bad bread. Because yeah, they were baked like days ago. <laughs> but here it's this heavenly like soft centered crusty thing sorry i didn't mean to get off on a baguette tangent hey this is the paris episode this is the paris episode um but one of the first things i realized was just like in the u.s we're just geographically so much further away from these places we were getting wine from yeah or like aperol here is like 15 bucks a bottle yeah. it's like 25 in the u.s but um yeah that's been one of the really cool things is that like I-, I was thinking about the number of places that like we've been in paris where yeah of course we're gonna try a bottle of wine there's like a few of us who are interested in trying it and in the u.s i'm always like less inclined to get a bottle of wine because i'm like it's probably going to cost twice as much as I could get at the wine store. And it's, it's really expensive. Yeah. And here it's, it's so much less expensive. And, and a big part of that is we're f- a five hour drive from the place that makes the wine. Yeah. So that's been a really special part of being here is just having more like wines that are actually would go for, you know, 50, 60 bucks in the U.S. or maybe 20 here. So it's a lot more accessible um, than trying all these things in the U.S. Yeah, and it scales up and up and up too. Like if you pay 100 bucks for a wine here, you might pay 500 bucks for it in the U.S. So that's like um, an insane experience too because you, you can understand. For me, I've learned like, sometimes it's worth it yeah but like almost always the wines that are more in a reasonable price range are like just as good yeah i think it's important sometimes to drink like some of those very famous like benchmark producers yeah so that you can like have a jumping off point right and in wine discussions with like people from around the world yeah um but yeah, it's very, very cool. Drinking in Paris, drinking wine in Paris is like, uh, it's something that I hope each and every one of you dear listeners yeah. has or uh, will get the chance to experience. Yeah. Because it's very, very special. It is. Um, and since we're talking about Paris so much, and it's the Paris, <laughs> ep- Paris episode, uh, I want to ask you, have you noticed anything different, like culturally in in the wine like when you go to drink a bottle of wine or you go to order a bottle of wine in the U.S., it's like this formula of like, mm-hmm. you look at the list, you right. probably don't know what's going on. Yeah. You ask for a psalm. If they're good, then you get something good. If they're right. bad, then 
you either get something bad or you just tell them you'll keep looking and then you find a bottle you already knew. Yeah. And then they bring it and you taste it and you say it's fine and then you drink it. But right. he, have you noticed anything that strays from that here? Oh, yes. Oh, I do mean, tell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, for one thing, in the U.S., most of those types of experiences are only ever going to happen in a restaurant that has a wine list. There are not places, at least in Nashville, where you can just go and just get a bottle of wine and, like, you're just hanging out. Maybe Lou, you could do that if you wanted to, but Lou is, like, the best example of, like, it will be a different experience than going to even, like, a great restaurant in Nashville. It's, like, here is everything written out. What do you think? Do you want to talk to us about it? And here... The biggest, the biggest thing that is different to me, because I, I have to say, like, I haven't really gone to a lot of restaurants and then ordered a bottle of wine unless I'm with, like, you guys. And yeah. then I'm, and then it's out of my hands anyway. <laughs> but the a huge thing here is, this maybe is what you're driving at, um, Cobbs, um, which is, I've only had one experience like it in the U.S. It's at a place called Apero Club in Santa Cruz. But a cob is, like, a mix between a wine shop and an actual just, like, wine bar. Um, so you go in. They have all the bottles. You can buy a bottle and take it with you, or you can drink a, a bottle there. And so places like Yard, Chambre Noir, Supra is a cob. Um, Subteam. Subteam La Cove, yeah. yeah. Uh, La Cove de Belleville, which is where... I got this bottle from, except I don't think you can actually drink wine there. I think it's just a wine yeah, store. Yeah, I don't know. I'll but, plug, real quick, I'll plug EC Mem. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I think a little bit lesser known yeah. in Paris, but I, I think it's, it's really great. It's here in the 11th. Super nice people, great selection. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's like, it's way less formal here. It's like, it, it feels like going in and being like, oh, uh, what's your favorite sports player let's talk about that yeah. it's the same casualness that william is like recording his fantasy football podcasts yeah so it, it it's interesting because there's not like this built up formality to it it's like oh yeah um yeah this is like this is a wine that i'm excited about and it costs 25 euro <laughs> instead yeah. of $65. Um, but that would be, at least in the short time I've been here, I have realized that the bar is much lower for just being able to go sit somewhere and have a glass of wine. Because you could get a bottle for like 20 euros. And if you're sharing it with other people, it just is way cheaper than getting it by the glass just from like a number standpoint. Yeah. Um, but what are, what are you what are your thoughts on that? Uh, so, what the the main thing I've noticed I think is um, since there is like so, the the accessibility to wine is so easy like it's I mean it it's right there it's like <laughs> that was the dog uh, if you heard that um, it's I mean since wine is like just an hour away tops like champagne isn't like closer than that you know um and people have grown up with it it's on every table in every home it's like 
People drink it at lunch. People drink it for happy hour. People drink it for dinner. Um, and it's so affordable mm-hmm. that I've noticed it's more. It's a much more like comfortable. Yeah realm for yeah. for consumers totally uh because in the u.s like you order a bottle of wine based on what your server who probably has never studied wine and doesn't know anything about mm-hmm. wine recommended you and they bring it to you and you taste it and you don't really like it but there's nothing wrong with it yeah they've already opened a bottle yeah, of it and, and it, yeah so you like, should just drink it if it's not corked <laughs> or like yeah flawed another way then you're just like okay like yeah. I'll drink it. That's like that's the rule, basically. Yeah. Like that's because you ordered it. It's your fault. Like yeah. it's not my fault. You ordered the wine that you didn't want. Mm-hmm. It's not that way at all here. Yeah, they want you to. They want you to drink what mm-hmm. you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you taste a bottle and like maybe there's nothing wrong with it, but it's uh, it's just like sorry, I'm distracted by <laughs> Willie. I don't know if he needs to go out or not, but I think he's oh. fine. Uh, no, he's fine. He's fine. I just took him out. Um, we're not cutting that out. This is the raw. <laughs> this is the juice box. No edits. Juice box Paris raw. And maybe the dog <laughs> needs to go to the bathroom. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out the hard way. Um, but yeah, like you can, you go order a bottle of wine and like, it's fine. It's not flawed. It's just not really what you wanted right mm-hmm. then. Yeah. And the staff, they're so happy to just be like, oh, okay. Like let's change it. We yeah. Can, yeah. I'll pour this by the glass. Like, right. I mean, there definitely there's like enough suckers walking around Paris where they can they'll like they'll drink whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that's not like that's a little bit contrary to what I'm saying right now. But mm-hmm. there are there are people who really don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're like I want yeah, yeah. red. Right. And they don't even think twice about whatever red they get. Mm-hmm. So they. They they go out of their way here to make sure that the bottle that you're drinking is the one yeah. that is right. It, it it's it's not only what you want, but it's also right for that moment too. Yeah, that's a big thing I've learned. Is like yeah yeah. There aren't right or there aren't like right or wrong wines. It's mm-hmm. just like should we be drinking this right now or mm-hmm. should we be drinking it later or like even on a different day? Yeah yeah. Um, that's a huge thing I've learned. Yeah. Um, because like in the U S it's such a, the U S is just so competitive in like mm-hmm. every field. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Oh, that's a great wine or that's a bad wine. Or like, Oh wow. The, like sometimes I'll be eating at like a restaurant that has a good wine program and I'll like mm-hmm. look at other tables and be like, wow, they're drinking some great bottles over there. And <laughs> it's like, well here, here it's like, I, I guess I'm, you, you can be drinking great bottles and there are great bottles, but like here it's, it's like, oh, that's the kind of night they're having mm-hmm. versus this is the kind of night yeah. I'm having. It's not a comparison game. It's really trying to suit yeah, whatever, wherever no, you are at There's moment. not a contest, really. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, I'm yeah. sure there's a contest among restaurants yeah. and bars of, like, who has, yeah. you know, what in their, right, in their right. cellar. But, like, when you're out and you're, and you're drinking and someone's serving you, like, it's just – you're trying to create a night, like, have yeah. an experience. Yeah create like a lineup of bottles that makes sense from Mm -hmm. and that's that's one thing i've learned from going out with like psalms and people here is like Mm -hmm. you talk to the you talk to your server or your whoever you're with and you say like hey we've had uh we had this partita cruise sk Mm -hmm. and then we had this uh and we started off with like a pet net and now 
what do you, we're like, where do you think we should go next? And then yeah. they recommend you based on like all those the kind of night that you're having yeah. and what you've yeah. done and like yeah. what you've eaten mm-hmm. and like, are you going to a show after this? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the whole, I mean, I think the drinking experience here is just like completely yeah. different because well, of that. And it's like, I, in Nashville, granted, I'm, I'm not like going out to eat as often in my life in Nashville, just I, if I was going out to eat, it was at a place where I wasn't going to get a bottle of wine. You know right. what I mean? Um, but here it's like the, it is, the bar is lowered in terms of like, I don't have to feel like I am blowing a ton of money by ordering a bottle of wine here. And that frees you up to be like, oh, I don't, It it's not like, maybe in the, in Nashville, it felt like this is a we are getting a bottle of wine type of night. Yeah. Whereas here you can go beyond like, that's just the established thing is like, Oh, well yeah. you can, you will actually maybe even save money by getting a bottle of wine. So what, what do you like, what do you want beyond that? Like, like what you were saying, they want you to enjoy it. They want you to, to try these different things. It's not about like marking up the bottles as much um again we're much closer to the right origin of the wine itself yeah but, i mean i yeah. think they do mark them up they're just cheaper. oh yeah totally um but yeah like in the u.s if you're ordering a bottle of wine like you're gonna get you're gonna pay 55 bucks for like the that's like the bare minute like that's to get like a oh no okay bottle you know what i mean or like if you're lucky, a really good bottle. If you go to like a place that has a really good selection, um, and that's like that's like the f- that's the price floor for like right, good right. wine. Like if you if you go and you if you get a bottle of wine in the U.S. for thirty dollars, it's like poison. <laughs> Seriously, like it's like, like on a wine list. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're paying thirty bucks for a bottle of wine, it costs in Nashville, the restaurant maybe fifteen dollars. No, like ten. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh la la. Yeah. Uh, and that's like, it's, it's just like, you don't want to drink that, you know? Um, and here, if you pay 30 bucks for a bottle of wine, it's, it can be like world class. Yeah. Well, like, so this, be... this bottle was 30. Yeah. Um, in the U.S., it, in a wine store, I bet you it would be, I, on Vivino said it was about $50. Yeah. And but, and like yeah. wine store markup is way lower than yeah restaurant stuff. So if we're talking about right. like going out to eat, right? Yeah, I mean this bottle you're going to be paying like maybe seventy five bucks, yeah, or something. And this is a good wine, but it's not like like you know a mind blowing crazy once in a lifetime bottle. Mm-hmm. And you can get that for seventy five bucks in Paris, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. But yeah. anyway, I don't want to just like <laughs> talk about how great drinking in Paris is yeah. to our, all of our listeners in <laughs> Nashville. Um, there are many, many, many beautiful things that I miss about Nashville. Yeah, here too. me too. Um, like pepperoni and bacon. Pepperoni. There's no pepperoni here, folks. Yeah. Even if they say it is, it's a lie. There's also not really Mexican food here that I've seen. Yeah. There, I mean, there's like a, two or three yeah. places that are like remotely authentic, but. Um, yeah, no bacon, no pepperoni, um, pizza. 
Oof, yikes. Oof. Ooh la la. <laughs> yeah, and they eat, they eat, uh... No breakfast. No breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We walked by a place today that said, like, breakfast every day, uh, five euros, coffee, piece of toast, <laughs> orange juice. And yeah. it's like... No a, protein. Yeah, as an American, you're like, okay, piece of toast. So that is a complimentary side to my <laughs> eggs, sausage. Yeah. Hash browns. Ugh. Whatever. I would love... I gotta say, I would love to go to Cracker Barrel. Oh, yeah. And that's not, like, I think just living where you can go there anytime, you don't really <laughs> think about this stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a, I went to someone's house, a uh, French person's house a couple weeks ago, and we were, like, just sitting in his garden having it was like four of us and we were just all like having wine and chilling and we got kind of hungry and he was like oh make a frozen pizza for us and he made it and he brought it out and it was like not at all pizza dough <laughs> like some sort of I don't know, like a tart crust almost what and it had the tomato the tomato sauce had like olives and like artichokes and like uh i mean they, they you couldn't see them but you could taste mm-hmm. that it was like yeah so not italian pizza sauce yeah and there was only there were little discs like maybe four or five little discs maybe like silver dollar sized discs of goat cheese <laughs> so it was a tart yeah it, it was, was like a tart a with weird pizza. tomato sauce and goat <laughs> cheese and i was with three french people i was the only non-french person there and they just gobbled it down <laughs> Like it was a DiGiorno. Yeah, I was going to say. It was like the most normal thing in the world for them. And I was like, this is not pizza. (laughs) Like not at all. And I was so (laughs) hungry and so excited (laughs) about it. Uh, So anyway, boy, this really is the Paris episode. (laughs) It is. We're talking about the differences in our pizzas. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I miss DiGiorno (laughs) is, is is what we'll say about that. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, and hopefully, maybe we'll do some more one-off episodes um, via Zoom or something like that, but yeah. I hope that, uh, I hope you guys enjoy listening to this. Yeah. Hope it's not um, boring to listen to us talk about how much we love Paris, but everybody should come here. Yeah, everybody should visit here at some point. Yeah. Um. I'm so glad that you've, you guys have enjoyed it so much. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's been, it's been great. I, we both kind of want to live here. So yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I wonder if there's any, uh, is there any, another like wine related topic we could dive into real quick. That's related to Paris. Yeah, well, yeah. I, or, or yeah. I mean, or something. I don't know. Mm. I don't, I, uh, I feel like we just like <laughs> talked about so much other stuff. I don't want to bring it home, but I don't know. Maybe we'll do like a an episode after you guys do harvest. Yeah, actually, <clears> that would be a great episode. Yeah, that'd be really cool because yeah. I don't, uh, I've never done it, and I could yeah. ask you all about it. Yeah, and we could talk about it via pod. My hands will be calloused with workman labor. I mm-hmm. can't wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man, I guess I could have talked about like tastings. Oh yeah. I've gotten so many tastings. Yeah. What's 
What is your number one tasting in Paris that you've done? Um, I did a tasting. Uh, there's an agency called Swaff, uh, which is French for thirst. Um, and agency meaning like they represent uh, different winemakers and, yeah. and distribute their wine for sale. So they don't have to do it themselves. Um, and they had like, they had invited a bunch of winemakers. They weren't all represented by Swaff even, okay. um, but they just like put on this tasting and it was really cool because of how uh, diverse it was. Mm-hmm. Like there were guys, there were guys from like everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think they were all French. Mm-hmm. I think they were all French, but they were all over France and they were all different kinds of wine and stuff. And there was like some, uh, there were some beer people there that make like, um, not like, not like the beer that we think of when we think of beer, but like, yeah. um, sours and stuff that are very like wine like um and they were so awesome and there was like there was a guy from champagne that was incredible and there was uh actually a guy who is making like garage wine in paris oh there too which was fun yeah he like buys grapes and makes them in his in his place in paris like brock sellers in san francisco yeah yeah Urban, not, urban winery. Not a, not garage. But yeah, this yeah. this guy I think is like not even like legal. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's cool to to taste that kind of stuff. But yeah. I just mean like the the I could talk a lot about like the culture of it and everything, right. but I don't think we probably need to get into that right now. But that's been really cool. It's yeah. like the experience of looking the dude or the woman or whatever them who uh, made this wine, yeah. like just like looking them right in the eye and drinking it and like uh, experience, like just experiencing that, like right in their presence is, is very surreal. Not breaking eye contact the entire time you yeah. take a sip. Yeah. And or just... speaking. <laughs> I don't speak to them. I just go up and stare at them <laughs> and then they pour me wine and I just drink it and I yeah. uh, walk away. Yeah, I mean, that is something we don't really get to do in the U.S. I got to do it, I've gotten to do it maybe one time. Um, So, yeah, that's, that is really cool. Uh, And I went, I went, I've been going to most of my tastings with uh, Fabrice, who, for those of you who don't know him, which is probably all of you, are, he is my, he's going to work for, uh, Lou here in Paris when we open uh, as our he, he's been acting as like a wine consultant for us and he will come on board when we open as our wine director but I've been you know he, he scheduled a bunch of tastings and we went to some public tastings and stuff together and he always told me to um, like taste a wine well f- the first thing he told me was to like really get down to business because the tastings can get a little like loosey goosey uh-huh. as they go on as you can imagine. Yeah. But he was like get there right when they open and like go around and taste all of them and like spit the wine out so you don't get drunk uh-huh. and like just taste all of them like business and then have fun with it. And he told me the, the big thing that I learned from him was like when you're drinking the wine like do it with the winemaker. Like do yeah. fuel their yeah. They're what the energy they're putting out and like how they're treating you. <laughs> and he said, take photos of all the labels and take a photo of the winemaker so that you can like remember. Yeah. 
the experience that you had when you were drinking. Right. And I always love that. Because That's cool. some of them are crazy. Like yeah. I, the, the guy actually that I was just talking about who makes, who was, I was talking about that sour beer. Uh-huh. Um, he makes beers and ciders and wines. Mm-hmm. And he, and the, the, they're crazy. Like there's lots of obscenities on the labels <laughs> and the wines are just like unhinged, like crazy <laughs> acidity, really wacko, insane colors. Like they look so a lot. They look like highlighters, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the dude has like this incredible mohawk. And I think he was wearing like overalls with no shirt and like tatted up and just like the most crazy, wild, awesome. That's person. hilarious. And that's like when you take the photo of, of him and yeah. remember like that those you are the ones he forget. makes. It's like, yeah. it's very, uh, yeah. it helps, especially however many months later when you have a restaurant and you're selling the wine right. to like draw back Tell on that, story, that personal yeah. experience of like yeah. when you met him and, and yeah. what, what he was giving off. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's been a cool thing. Yeah, that's about cool. living here too. I wish yeah. that we would have gone. Well, you'll probably get a chance to do some tasting somewhere in your European Hopefully. adventures. But yeah, I wish we could go to like a big one, like one of those where there's like 25 yeah. people or something. Yeah, that would have been 25 cool. makers. But um, anyway, that's about it, I guess. This has been Juice Box Paris edition. Juice Box the Paris Pod. Thanks for having us, y'all. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And um, everybody, next time you see a moss wine, you should try it. So it <laughs> it's great. No matter, pretty much, no matter which wine it is. Yeah, it'll be a fun one to try. Yeah, they're always they're always so reliable. Yeah, and I always it's funny. I, I never uh, I never like want to order them necessarily uh-huh. because. Of what I said earlier, I'm always looking for something that's like crazy and exciting. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like once in a lifetime wine, mm-hmm. which maybe, I mean, maybe this is like insulting a little bit to them if they heard it, but I don't, I don't mean it that way. I just mean like when I see it on a list and then I look around for something else, I very often will come back to it because like, ah, the value you know it will is be really good. good. Yeah. It's like, it's not expensive. I know yeah. it's going to be good. Yeah. And I know everybody's going to like it. Like yeah. it's like a, it's going to be balanced and it's going to work with the food and it's going to hold its own. and It's going to be great. Right. So that's to me, that's like my relationship with mm-hmm. this producer. Yeah. Yeah. My, the first wine and the most, uh, wine of theirs that I've had is the, is the Moss, Moss, uh, Mets. I forget. I forget the full spelling of it, but, um, my friend Maggie and I, that was like the wine that we would always drink together before she moved from Nashville. Um, so, and actually I think I had it in New York one time too, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm glad we could do a little, uh, Paris episode. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah. Made it work. We're going to go get some apéro. No. (laughs) Uh, talk to you soon. Keep up with us on the IG. You already know we're globetrotting. You know how we do. <laughs> uh, catch Kathleen and Mosul picking yeah. grapes next week. Pretty yeah. cool. I'll still be here in Paris holding it down. Cheers, guys. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. We can drink some rosé If that's what you want to do It's okay 
living summer low Whatever we want on our juice box show